Hello, everybody. Welcome to another wonderful episode of The Good Girl's Guide to Being Wrong and Happy. I have just made a big promise to you, and we haven't even done the show yet, but I'm excited (laughs) about what can happen today. So my name is Stephanie Richardson, and you're also here with your other co-host, Heather Smith. Hey, Heather. (laughs) Hi. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show where your wrongness is really a strongness, and happiness is just a choice. How's it going today? What kind of choice is that? (laughs) A crazy choice that almost no one will choose. (laughs) What? Choose to be happy? (laughs) No way. Not without a lot of alcohol or drugs, right? (laughs) Or at least a lot of effort. Yeah, <laughs> right, because laughing is so hard to do. <laughs> it is. It requires some apps. Have you ever laughed really hard and then wanted somebody to stop because you just couldn't, your muscles couldn't handle it anymore? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, I, I must say I have pretty well-developed laugh muscles, so <laughs> it takes quite a bit to get there. <laughs> you know, I, 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 but, uh, me too, and I... I I think they're good for a couple of other things, like blowing up balloons. Yeah, <laughs> right. Always useful. <laughs> you know, in case you're yeah. into that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. So what do we got going today, Stephanie? Well, that is an amazing question because, you know, normally you and I get a lot of clarity whenever we talk before the show, and today, instead of coming to more clarity about what we wanted to talk about, we just added a whole bunch of other topics. So what we're supposed to be talking about is (laughs) basically pain and pleasure. Um, Where there has been, there's been pain, there is often a possibility lurking in the shadows. Um, So that is one of the things that we have on the agenda for today. And we also have a few other yeah. things that we discussed. But maybe we'll just start start there. Or, or are we going to start with maybe you don't have to strive so hard. Like maybe you could laugh to have better ab muscles instead of working so hard at the gym. <laughs> right. Just one possibility. <laughs> um, yeah, so possibilities where there's been pain. It's so funny with the striving. It's like we're, I don't know if we're just, trained that way from school and society and our parents or if it's something uh, within us, we, how we think we have to be, <laughs> that to get better, to be great, it must take great work and dedication and pain and suffering in a really long time. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I know I bought into that in all different kinds of ways with, um, with with work, with things that I enjoy, you know, creatively and uh, or like a spiritual path or a spiritual practice. Um, I mean, every or or being physically fit, <laughs> anything. There's so many realms where it, everyone uh, assumes or insists or demands that it has to be painful at some point along the way. <laughs> like, I wonder if that's really true. <laughs> you know, that's just I think you're like probably can, everything in reality. Yeah, I mean, I think you're Go pretty ahead. much considered delu. I think you're pretty much considered delusional if you think 
that you can get somewhere without a lot of pain. Like that's considered, they're like, Mm -hmm. well, that's cute of you to think that you can get somewhere out without pain. Everything, uh, everything requires pain at some point, or at least sacrifice, if not outright pain. Right. And it's not good unless there's some suffering involved. It's it's not great unless it was painful to get there, right? Well, it doesn't require any character if it's not hard and if you didn't have to, like, push through and sacrifice everything you love for it. What kind of character would you be building if you just had a good time and had ease with stuff? Uh, Maybe you'd be happy. Oh my gosh. So for me personally, these are the kind of like, uh, I guess, what would you call it? Like a standard of reality, right? Everyone thinks that's reality and that's true and real and how it is. Like that's just how it is. The good stuff takes pain to get it. (laughs) Right. So for me, I like to question things like that. I'm like, to me, reality is actually something that is questionable. (laughs) Nobody gets out alive yeah, yeah. and nobody seems to be having a good time. That is a that yeah. is a thing that is questionable. If you were walked into an office building and somebody told you as you were walking in, they handed you a waiver and they said, listen, I just need you to sign this before you walk in. Nobody gets out of this building alive and no one is having a good time. Would you turn around and walk out? <laughs> Yes, I would. <laughs> or would you like charge on in and be like, well, this is how it is. No, that's not how, don't walk in there. <laughs> don't yeah. buy it. Don't do it. Yeah. So one of the things but that I love from access, yeah. well, one of the things I love with access consciousness is that it is about questions. Oh, so how they define reality is two or more people aligning and agreeing with a point of view. That's the only thing that makes it true or real, is that a group of people agreed that it did. <laughs> so if you don't agree, <laughs> what becomes possible? <laughs> I'm just or if you don't leave it fight that. it. <laughs> yeah, or if yeah. you don't fight it. Or if you don't buy it. Then what becomes possible? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do wonder. have a place to go with this, but, <laughs> yeah. but I'm wondering if you have I mean, something have else eight. you want to add or a different direction. Right. Yeah. I, well, I would love to hear the direction that you would like to go. So what, just looking at the analogy where I said, you know, if, if you were about to walk into a building and they handed you a waiver and said, you know, nobody else out alive and no one is having a good time, like, do you want to come on in and pay a huge admission fee? You'd be like, maybe I should rethink this. But somehow what you were talking about is sort of the basis for reality, the agreement that we have about what reality is, how to do it, and what's possible or what's not possible. And for a lot of people, what we've decided is that happiness is not actually possible, even though it's the only thing worth striving for. So we set up all these different catch-22s, literally – I'm pretty sure if you sort of wrote out all the targets in life, they're pretty much all catch-22s, where it's like everybody's striving for money and calls money bad. Everyone's striving for happiness but thinks it's not possible. 
everybody's striving for greatness but has already decided they have to sacrifice something they don't want to sacrifice in order to get there. So everyone is stuck in between this idea of where we want to go and what, what their idea is, and I use the word idea on purpose. The idea is of what's either possible, not possible, or what's required that you've already decided you won't do. And so no wonder everybody's walking around and nobody else get, nobody gets out alive and nobody is happy. There's nothing to be happy about if you're stuck between what you say you want and, the, and then between that and the idea of what you can or can't have or what you're not willing to sacrifice to get where you have to, you know, <laughs> to get where you want to go. So, but, but all of those things, those are all the, the realities that people have agreed upon, which is how they became reality, which is what Heather was saying. You know, there are these things where if yeah. you basically say it in a group, everybody goes, yep, that's true. And there you go. You're right back in the trap. Now, the thing I brought up about not fighting it is that fighting it is actually the exact same thing. So it's like being a rat stuck in a glue trap. All you do is suffocate faster. So it doesn't actually get you out of the trap. It just makes you tired. <laughs> uh, even though you're like, no, I'm right. going to beat this thing. You know, I'm going to beat it. And everybody's like, hey, good luck with that. It's very different. Right. <laughs> it's very different to begin using different tools and asking new questions and actually choosing for yourself what your reality is going to be. Now, this isn't talking about being delusional. This is actually talking about not being delusional <laughs> and really yeah. looking at when, when I choose this, what does it create? When I choose this, what does it create? And allowing for your life to become a, an adventure that maybe you don't really tell that many people about because most people are looking for the place where they can either agree or disagree with you and thus bring you back to their reality. So you can always, let yeah. people tell you whatever they want to tell you about their reality, but kind of keep your own reality to yourself and enjoy the adventure. And you can enjoy the adventure with other people too, but you don't have to tell everyone what you're up to, that you're bucking the system. Don't bother. Don't tell anyone you're bucking the system. Let them think that you're struggling just like they are, um, but let the smile take over. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a saying, just for you, just for fun, never tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, so this is really the, that, the conversation about having your own reality, even if it doesn't match anybody else's. And um, it is a big conversation, uh, but it can start just with this, what we've introduced of looking at the – what what you've been handed as reality and like just because you've been told it's true and everybody else agrees it's true, is it actually true? And does it have to be true for you? And so to me, this is the kind of thing that's to me, that's questioning reality. So like, I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of something really it practical. Like such, well, okay. It just sounds like such a yeah. hippie stoner thing to say. Questioning reality yeah. sounds like a hippie stoner <laughs> thing to say. So I'm wondering if maybe but we also throw out some business examples or we throw out some other examples of how people have actually totally. done this. Oh, that's what you were going to do? Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> where I'm just okay, about to go. go. <laughs> yeah. So 
with a, in a practical way. So, for example, uh, my dad's reality of money, like this is what's totally true for him, is that uh, money is bad, money is the root of all evil, and like all the terrible things in the world, you can basically go back to greed and too much money. And at the same time, he loves to gamble, and if he has money, he'll spend it all as fast as he can, basically to get rid of it, right? <laughs> so he is really comfortable having no money and complaining about having no money and not really liking it, but, like, having a small life and, like, uh, basically that, like, just enough to get by. And, you know, his living expenses are really low, <laughs> so he really doesn't need much to get by. <laughs> you know, he literally grows most of his own food, and, yes, he's a farmer, things like that. So, so that's his reality about money. That's what's true to him. That's what's real to him. He really doesn't see a reason to change that or how to change that. Like, he makes no effort to. <laughs> um, he do, he also does work really hard. Like he's always done um, carpentry and very like physical labor kind of jobs, and and likes it. He likes to work, um, but including a lot of money with that is just like not his reality. <laughs> like just just enough <laughs> is his reality. So to me, as a kid, like <laughs> um, <clears throat> that was not actually real for me. Like the idea that I couldn't have whatever I would like or I couldn't do whatever I would like to do um, because of limitations of money, it wasn't real to me in the sense that I would do whatever it took to create the money that I would like to have to do what I'd like to do. Um, so for me, I would work. I started working when I was uh, like 13, 14, something like that because I wanted to do things that my parents couldn't afford. <laughs> so I'm like, well, they're not they're obviously not giving me the money. So what can I do to create it? <laughs> like, this isn't stopping me. I'm having it anyway. And I had a few things too, like I had a, a wealthy grandparents. You know, my mom's parents were wealthy and they I was the oldest granddaughter, so the first granddaughter, so they spoiled me. <laughs> you know? So that was kind of a source of money for me uh, and to get things that I'd like or do things that I'd like uh, because they were willing to pay for it. So, um, so again, that's, a, that's an example of a different reality that just two people in one family could have on one topic. <laughs> you know, the difference right. in reality between my dad and my, me about money. <laughs> so, uh, do you have an example, Stephanie? Um, I guess I was looking even at, I mean, that's a great one because it's so close to home. And I guess yeah. <laughs> I'm looking to, I'm, I'm looking at ones too that are examples of um, big innovations where people, where people looked at what uh, they yeah. were told wasn't possible, would never be possible, or you could only do things one way. And then somebody comes along and goes, well, that's a weird thing to think. Like, hey, check this out. And it's literally trans- <laughs> transformed the way the entire world operates. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's a and really so awesome many example. Yeah, so many. And that's a great example of how reality is something that we actually create and choose. 
So I want to actually let's do a clearing. So, so every what uh, every reality. <laughs> Let's go for it. Uh, so every reality you have bought into and tried to make true and real for you that actually isn't, will you destroy and uncreate it all? Yeah. Thank you. Right and wrong, good and bad, pun, pot, all nine, shorts, boys, and beyond. Oh, I can wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of energy on that. So I'll do it again. So every reality that you've bought into and tried to make true and real for you that isn't, will you destroy and uncreate it all? Yeah. Ah, thank you. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine, short, boys, and beyond. So if now, you're listening for the first the time. can happen. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It looks like we've got a, I've got a, diff, a delay. So I'm coming through sort of hitting your sentences at strange places. So I apologize. (laughs) I'm like, I started when there was a gap. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So uh, what she was about to say is that there's the thing she just did with the weird, all the weird words is something called the clearing statement of access consciousness. And you can find more about that at theclearingstatement.com. So T H E clearing C-L-E-A-R-I-N-G, statement, S-P-A-T, is there an E in it? M-E-S-T-E-S-E-N-T, wow, theclearingstatement.com. Um, I hope you're better at spelling in your head than I am. Um, so anyway, <laughs> you can find out more information about that, what that is and what that does, but basically, uh, somebody earlier today, I was interviewing them, and she said, "Yeah, it basically, like vacuums out all the negativity." <laughs> Good one. So I like it. Yeah. Yeah. We basically bring up a whole bunch of energy, and then the clearing statement vacuums it all out. So, um, so anyway, what then? What was I? Where was I? Where was I? What was I doing? Um, so. <laughs> I was going to take it back to the family and show how people like realities that you may have bought as real. So your family, your family um, probably (laughs) has all of a sudden I'm spelling things like the goose in Charlotte's web, adding letters, taking letters away. (laughs) Double E, double I, in. Um, So, So your family probably had a couple of points of view about who you were, and they probably felt totally free and righteous in telling you what those points of view were. So they may have told you something like you're smart, and that may have seemed like a great thing to straddle you with. Or they may have told you, you know, well, sweet thing, you're smart, but you're not very pretty. Um, So you better use your, you know, you better use your brains to your advantage. Or they may have told you something like, Oh yeah, well the fan- nobody in the family has ever been very good at that, and just lumped you right on in with whatever that was. You know, yeah, the family's never been very good at sports. Probably shouldn't, you know, probably shouldn't try that out. Or you are all of us are clumsy. They don't even wait to see if you're clumsy. They just start saying all of us are clumsy, and they include <laughs> you right along in it. And so you start to have these bits of your life that are created by these familial points of view. So that you have things that you have bought as being true and real and sometimes never even thought to question. Sort of like learning a bit in science in first grade 
And as a college student, you find out a new piece of information, and all of a sudden you're like, that's so weird. I never thought to ask a question about that. Like, I never thought to ask again why this thing works or why this thing doesn't work after I was told how it works. But you were told in first grade with a first grade under, like, with something that somebody decided was a first grade understanding of the world. And you go through the world with that understanding and with that point of view until you ask a new question or until you get new information. But oftentimes we don't pursue the information because we think that we already have the answer or the information. And some of that is the facts or what quote unquote facts about the world. But a lot of it is what we consider facts about ourselves. And so we may go through the world going, yeah, you know, I've always been clumsy. And people are like, that's weird. I've never seen you trip over anything. I've never seen you fall. But yeah, I don't. Well, then why are you calling me clumsy? And you're like, oh, that's weird. I don't know. I don't know. When I was five, my parents said, yeah, we're all clumsy. And I just thought it was true. But you're right. I've never fallen off of anything. I don't fall down. I don't trip over myself. Huh. And now there's been a whole bunch of stuff I haven't tried because I just call myself clumsy. So I never tried that dance class. It sounded fun because I figured I was too clumsy to do it well. <laughs> but you never yeah. tried or you never right. And so that's what it is to buy a reality or have a reality that doesn't actually belong to you. Um, and, you know, we, we don't, they, they hide in plain sight uh, until we begin asking questions sort of about everything. So, you know, if you walk through for an entire week and everything you went to do, where you went to go stand up to go sharpen a pencil, you know, you're like, wait, you know, is this, is there another way to do this? You know, is there, like, am I sharp? Why am I doing this? <laughs> you know, you start looking at everything that you do and you go, is this mine? Is this the way I would do this if I actually was doing it the way that would work for me? And all of a sudden you start seeing that there's all these places in your life that, you may be doing things that don't actually work very well for you. And you may even know that they don't work very well for you, but you hadn't thought that maybe it was a possibility that they could be different. So just by adding something like that clearing statement of everything you thought as real and true about you that isn't, will you now destroy and uncreate all that? I'm going good, bad, right, wrong, pod, talk, all nine, boy, shorts, and beyond. And again, that's the clearing statement of access consciousness. Vacuumed out all the weird uh, shit that we just brought up. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love it. That was awesome. That is such a great example of that, and it's so sneaky. I mean, it's like this this kind of uh, uh, other people's reality that we're functioning from. It's in so many areas of our life, uh, every area really. You know, because here we are interacting with all different kind of people all the time, and you know, starting with our family, and whatever crazy points of view they have <laughs> that they got from their parents, or <laughs> they made up themselves from their own experiences in life, you know, their own judgments or conclusions and stuff. So, um, but here's the thing: but you, you said what was true <laughs> is that it's often crazy points of view, but we don't think that. We think that they're the same yeah. ones, and that it's we're normal. and that we're the cr- yeah that they're the same ones, and we literally try and be more like them instead of going yeah no that's that's actually crazy maybe yeah. I have a different way of being in the world that maybe even works better for me than 
it, than all these things that people are telling me are the good way to do it. I've been trying to do it the good way for a very long time. And you can look at your own life and you can go, wow, I've been trying yeah. to do this the good way, the right way, you know, the, the way I was told on the internet on that, you know, fifty nine ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> here's how you do it in eight easy steps. I've been trying to do it that way now for what feels like 200 years. And, you know, there's not been a moment that it worked for me the way that it was supposed to. So maybe I can approach this in a different way. Maybe I approach this the way that everybody else says is crazy, but maybe it works for me. I won't know until I try something really different. And maybe, just maybe, today is the day to begin trying something really different. Yeah. And, you know, one of the cool things about going into that kind of questioning of other people's reality or your own reality is that when you actually follow what's natural and easy for you, it actually leads to what works for you. It's like, which sounds kind of ridiculously simple or obvious, (laughs) but it's like, I never listened to that or considered that. It's like, oh, if I do what comes naturally to me and what is my inclination and what like brings me joy when I do it, even though it's totally weird compared to what I'm used to or what other people have shown me or what I'm told I'm supposed to do, that it's like that that does lead to what works for me because it's actually honoring what's true for me that is different than my family or other people or what I've been told. So it's kind of it's not as it's not as hard as we have been told <laughs> or might think that it would be to have our own reality or know what our own reality is because you're you you actually do have your own reality if you're willing to know it. You know, if you're willing to be honest with what's true for you, you'll have a lot of clarity really quickly and easily about what your reality is. And uh, do you, and if, you want to if throw you, out a couple of yeah. things? I know that we've I know we've thrown out some questions, but I wonder if we throw out a couple more tools to actually begin perceiving what your reality is, knowing what your reality is. Yeah, absolutely. So it's definitely the first tool that is uh, a must-have in the toolbox (laughs) of having your own reality uh, would be the heavy and light tool. And what this is is whatever is true for you personally is light for you. So it'll have a spaciousness to it. You'll relax when you hear it. You'll, uh, You'll maybe take a deep breath or you'll laugh or you'll smile. Uh, when you hit on the item that is actually true for you. And again, it might not be true for anybody else or anyone you're around currently, but it's what's true for you. Um, (laughs) Meaning like happiness is possible, might be impossible for other people that you're around. It may actually not be a choice that they can make. And it may be available to you. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Exactly. So, so that so what's what's light is true for you, and what makes you heavy when you hear it or when somebody says it to you is a lie for you. So it may be true for the person saying it. It may be real for them, but if it makes you heavy, it's a lie for you. So you make you feel heavy. <laughs> it'll make you feel stuck. 
It'll make you feel like you don't have choice. It might contract you or make you upset or uh, just feel like you have a ton of brick on your head, sort of like an elephant <laughs> sitting on your head. You know? <laughs> uh, that would be what is a lie for you. And uh, it's really fun to use that. You can do it watching TV when you hear like a point of view from a character on a show or a commercial or anything, really, a movie. It can be used with things that you read. And, you know, because a lot of what people say in books, part of it might be true for you, and a lot of it might not be true. So uh, you can use How it with that. How reading the news yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really, it can be applied everywhere. And then especially when uh, people are talking with you at, or talking at you, whichever the case may be. <laughs> and if, if you start to get heavier and heavier with what they're saying, it's because what they're saying is not true for you. It's a lie for you. Uh, and again, it might be true for them. So, uh so that's okay if they have a different reality than you. <laughs> it's just a tool to recognize the difference between what your reality is and what other people's reality is. That so, makes me wonder if we uh, need to have a conversation about, uh, about, and this would be for another time, I guess, but not being lonely when you have different points of view than everybody else. So this is something that comes up, like, as people hear, yeah. you know, us using these tools and really looking at how different their life would be if they were using them, they're sort of like, yeah, but aren't you lonely? Like, nobody else thinks like this. Like, doesn't that make you your, your life? Are you sort of, you're like the only one out there. And, um, and it's, mm. there's an interesting thing, thing that happens in that you can actually start to appreciate where other people function from without ever needing for them to align or agree or even understand you, that that part of being around other and with other people is that you can just appreciate that what they, that, that what's true for them is true for them and not have that be something that separates you or makes you feel like an outcast, um, that you actually get to enjoy mm-hmm. your company and you get to enjoy their company without ever having to have, without having to subject yourself to, aligning and agreeing with everybody else's point of view and in order to be close with others. Because that's part of what happens. Yeah, well, is as you begin to question reality, your reality will be very different. And a lot of people at first can go to, can go to having to tell everyone about it. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. <laughs> you can just ask in your head, oh, this is true for me. No. Oh, weird. Huh. Okay. Well, they seem really convinced. Then it's kind of entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, they really think this is true. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I wanted to point something out. You kind of snuck it in there, <laughs> which was uh-oh. Uh, that, yeah, <laughs> that you have you. You know, you, it's like I when did you sneak that in there. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> and that's the thing that is. You know, with the loneliness, like so many people do have the point of view that they have to be surrounded by people who share the same points of view, who enjoy the same things, who feel the same way, um, to know that they have a connection with a person. Um, when you have your own reality, you truly you have you have you you have 
more closeness with yourself that uh, there is no loneliness. It's like it just it ceases to exist, really. You might find you don't have as many people to talk to all the time about what you'd like to talk about necessarily, uh, but <laughs> you have a sense of presence with yourself that makes loneliness not and it doesn't really exist anymore. That's what I've found. <laughs> yeah. It used to be some that actually used to be something that sort of plagued my life. That was something that was real for me. Loneliness was very real for a long time. Um, even mm-hmm. though I would do things, here's the thing. Oh, oh, this is a good conversation. So, and I'm pretty sure we're right yeah. at 30 minutes. I haven't looked. Um, yeah, we are. We are. <laughs> ah! Okay. Just to throw another bomb out there. Um, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> that when you think something is a reality for you, the way that you can go about changing it is to try and fight it. So loneliness, for instance, is a thing I fought for a really long time. So I would get lonely, and then I would start implementing things to not give in to it, which sort of worked. Um, And then sometimes also just felt like throwing myself out into public to fight and counteract loneliness and to proactively beat non-lonely situations. Um, and right. sometimes just led to, you know, sometimes just led to, wow, I feel really different and separate from everybody. And there's lots of people around. This is not necessarily helping. Um, I didn't give into it. <laughs> but that's the difference between, so that was still buying it as a reality and trying to work through it using the tools of this reality, um, which may keep you from wanting to, you know, throw yourself off a bridge but ultimately didn't change things the way that this other thing has of asking questions, asking if it's mine, asking if what I'm asking if my beliefs about things are actually true for me or if I got them from somewhere else, which is why I can never change them. Um, And doing all of those things and getting my bars run, which is another tool that you can use that's amazing, um, doing all of those actually has alleviated loneliness from my life in entirety, in its entirety, which is very different because that's actually taking something out at its root cause, which is having bought it as a reality when it's not for me, which means I can fight it all day long, but I'll never be able to get rid of it if it's not mine. But if some, you know, but if you get rid of the point of view that had you buy it as yours in the first place, all of a sudden the symptoms of it just disappear when you just go, oh my gosh, my grandmother was really lonely. My grandfather was really lonely. My mom was really lonely. I thought that that's how you just did being a person. Oh. Yeah. Well, never mind. Is that actually nope. true for me? Am I <laughs> yeah. lonely or do I enjoy my own company? No, I totally enjoy my own company and socializing is, socializing is actually really easy for me. That's weird. I thought I was yeah. actually awkward and inept. I'm not. And it's easy. And I also really yeah. enjoy being by myself. And all of a sudden, those were actually what's true for me, not this other thing that I tried to live from for a long time. Yeah, and it's so strange. I mean, that was has been like an ongoing surprise for me is that when I was buying other people's reality and trying to make it true and real for me, I was way more lonely and distraught and upset and felt like, things were difficult or I had to work really hard, the more and more I let go of that and choose what's actually true for me and acknowledge what's really real and true for me, yeah, like you just said, all of that 
angst and loneliness and all that other stuff just went away. It just disappeared. Uh, it's really interesting. Which is weird because there's uh, fewer and fewer people yeah. that are actually like you. You know, like the more that you really yeah. dive off the deep end and just go, all right, fine, I'm going to be me no matter what, and I'm not going to be me against anything. I'm just going to be me no matter what else is happening. Um, you start to realize yeah. you're like, oh, we are a bunch of weirdos on this planet. And <laughs> so it should be, yeah. I mean, if you look at what most people say is the problem when they're lonely, it's that there's nobody to understand them. Um, but really, whenever you start looking at it, you go, wow, would I, be able, would I be willing to really explore and understand myself and not hold other people yeah. to that obligation and allow them to appreciate me for whatever they appreciate and actually get to know that, which is something different. Just because they appreciate me for something different that I may or may not value doesn't mean that, it's, that in their world it's less valuable. They probably value it more than the other thing, you know? Like, I may value being yeah. smart and, you know, smart and having weird hobbies, but somebody else may value me for being pretty. And if I poo-poo that and yeah. don't appreciate what they value me for, then I'm actually missing out on the things that they value in their life, um, which is kind of an interesting thing. So you kind of open this door to go, yeah. oh, well, I, I may have to be willing to appreciate me for that too, instead of just appreciating me for what I've decided is important and valuable. Maybe I could appreciate me for an expanded number of things, things that I thought were not <laughs> worth valuing. <laughs> yeah, it could be it, it could be an exploration and an expanding possibility instead of contracting possibility. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's including your own reality. Yeah, it's way bigger, <laughs> way bigger, way more possible. Um, but don't do it. <laughs> don't have your reality. Don't choose it. Don't find out what it is. <laughs> You might be really way terrible. too much. Yeah, you might start enjoying yourself no matter what's going on. <laughs> you might laugh at stuff you're not supposed to laugh at. Yes. You may All have to learn how terrible to fake. Things. You may have to learn how to fake cry so that you can be appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> conversation for another day. Yes, it is. (laughs) So if you'd ever like to uh, send us any comments or questions for future shows, you can do so on Facebook. Um, We have a fan page there, The Good Girl's Guide to Being Wrong and Happy, Uh, or you can reach us through our website, thegoodgirlsguidetobeingwrong.com, and uh, that'll take you to our blog talk radio show page. And uh, you can send us messages there. You can also do cool things like set a reminder for yourself that would tell you when our next show is, uh, which is always every I Wednesday, you were say 3 p.m. <laughs> yeah? Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell them that they could do really cool things like take live classes with us or talk to us one-on-one, have private sessions. That, too. Go. Keep going. Keep telling them more. (laughs) (laughs) That's all about about all I know. They can contact us in the exact same places for those things, too. Or look us up. Heather Richardson. I almost mixed our names up. Heather Smith. Yes. Stephanie Richardson. (laughs) 
include Heather Richardson and me, Stephanie Smith. Yes. I've gone incognito. <laughs> we got married and didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> but we're both pretty aggressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. We took each other's name. <laughs>